I'm the comic book hunter, also known as Just Hunter. Hello there, I'm History of the Flash, but you can call me JD. And welcome to A Hero Story, episode 55. For those of you just joining us on A Hero Story, A Hero Story is a podcast all about superheroes ranging from Marvel and DC Comics. We usually start off with the news of the week, so we go over all the news from Marvel and DC, ranging from live action to gaming to comics. Any news that happened this week, we cover it, we give our opinions on it. After that, we go on to the comics of the week, where we give our thoughts on all the comics that came out this week that we read. There was a lot this week, so we're just going to go over about 100. Uh, the ones that we're going over <laughs> will be The Flash, number 74, Superman, number 13, Batman, number 74, Young Justice, number 7, The Amazing Spider-Man, number 25, and possibly Avengers, number 21. Uh, after that, we have a character of the week. Uh, this week's character of the week will be Mysterio, kind of... Going off the hype train of Far From Home from our review last time and going into uh, this time where Mysterio kind of plays a role in Spider-Man 25, which we'll cover beforehand. But we'll go over where we first thought of Mysterio, what we think of him, where our experiences with the character, and where we think the future of this character is going. With that being said, we'll start off with the news of the week. Anything you want to add? Now let's go straight to the news. All right. Um, we'll start off with some comic news, I guess. Uh, some DC comic news. Two Black Label books were announced quite recently. Uh, both provide the same writer, correct? Yep. Uh, Jeff Lemire, which who is most recently known, I think, for the New 52 Green Arrow run, which is really kind good. of beloved by a lot of people, which I, I've i never read it, actually. I read the first few volumes. I never finished any, it. Any good? I know it's like the Beardless Ali, right? It is the beard of the Sully, but in but he still kind of acts like Oliver Queen. It's interesting seeing how at the start of it he kind of wants to be on the Justice League, but after the first volume or so, he kind of just doesn't like the Justice League. But it's in a good way. He just wants to be his own hero, and it works really well. So I do like this run. I forgot he was beardless though. <laughs> yeah, that's like the main thing I remember from like seeing the cover. But if I'm also not mistaken, this writer worked on the. Uh, event trinity war from the new 52 which was oh, like did he? Justice league and Justice league dark I, I think don't quote me on that but i think he did uh i like trinity i was actually war. trying to look because i have that one i have that one in trade i was trying to look to see if his name was on it but i, I remember liking that so i haven't read it in years but i liked it it's where uh shazam kind of first appears in the new 52 it takes place right after that actually so you know shazam yeah. has his own little volume it's just a single volume with him fighting black adam this takes place right after and it's actually it starts with uh shazam burying black adam's quote-unquote ashes and then yeah the trinity that's where the trinity war kind of begins in this desert and shazam's kind of caught up in the middle of it and that's where you get the iconic um, panel of him punching superman where he's like oh god i just punched poop sponge superman oh god i just punched superman he has like a big smile on his face it's good ivan reese is on the art anyways uh he oh. is writing uh two dc black label books black label meaning it's rated r <laughs> for the most part um and they're also not canon supposedly uh the first one I mean, is going to be question the character the question and the second one is yeah. about joker called killer smile what are your thoughts on this um the question is i think an interesting character but it's also a mysterious character to me because i know nothing about the question i mean relatively nothing um i mean i think he showed up in action recently but i can't really think of too many comics that i've read like focusing on the question so uh, i'd like to learn more about the character and um as for joker kill uh joker killer smile i hope it's an interesting story i mean joker's somebody who can be interesting when he's not oversaturated so yeah i hope it's good yeah i mean 
Batman Catwoman Wedding was a year ago of like last week and that kind of means it's been a year since we've seen the Joker in the comics. I know this is likely not going to be canon, but it's good that we haven't seen him in a while. I feel like I was thinking the same thing recently cuz he was in like everything for a while. Like I felt like he was appearing so much and then like they've kind of cooled off on him and like ever since he left the Legion of Doom, they've kind of cooled off with Joker and I like that. Like he needs breaks cuz it makes his appearances that much better. Yeah, exactly. When he first appears in Endgame, it's really good. Or even Death of the Family, it's really good. Yeah. Um, the question is a character that I might know more than you about. I've read a miniseries of the question before. I think he's a great character. He's basically, imagine Rorschach, but sane, I guess you could say, and smart. I feel like a lot of writers nowadays use him just for like, oh, we need a smart guy in the story that's not Batman. Let's use the question. So, like, he's in an event of Leviathan, I think pretty sure yeah so yeah i think he is that's like his biggest role in years and now he's getting his own series mini series i guess and it's gonna be dark so do you, will you be reading these um it, it's definitely possible i mean uh, i think i gotta see a little bit more behind it but uh yeah if, I, if i'm liking the vibes of it then i'd say it's definitely possible i mean black label to me is a really cool idea i just i'm curious about the execution right so so far you've had uh uh, Batman Damned and Which Last Man on Earth and Which just started. <laughs> Superman Year One, right? Is that's year it for one Black, black label? label. Yeah, that's Black Label. What? Weird. Yeah, Superman okay. Year One is Black Label. That's weird to me. <laughs> so, so Frank Miller and John Romita can do edgy stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Black Label is like just the idea of it is interesting that you don't have to follow. Like it could be non-canon. You could go a little bit. Yeah, Quote, like unquote, darker and you can more mature damned. stories. Yeah, Batman Damned is extremely dark. It's only three issues. It just ended last week. It's really good though. I really recommend it. They really use Enchantress in a creepy way. But a lot of yeah. people were like talking about Batman Damned when it first started because it's the book where Batman shows his dick in it and it's fully yeah. drawn and everything. So they really wanted DC really wanted us to be like, Yeah, this is what we mean by black label. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Last Night on Earth, on the other hand, is a Scott Snyder story that's just started, and it's great so far, in my opinion. What is, is the second issue coming? Like, not to get off topic, but is the second issue coming out soon? I feel like it's been a while since I read I the think first one. Next week, actually. Oh, oh, I'm so excited! Yeah, the first issue was really good, and uh, yeah, like for stories like that, I think Black Label could be interesting. I was worried that it was going to be like a whole batman front like it's just gonna be bat titles and superman titles which i mean i guess so far it is but i think that's <laughs> just them setting the ground laying the groundwork to make sure black label is successful and then they can branch out like you were telling me that they have a wonder woman story in the works yeah uh, now they have somebody like the question who is not like a big character by any means so what would be the character that you would want a black label book from that's interesting um like i'm if gonna you go had to pick uh, three since issue a, dark series. Since I'm a Flash fan, I gotta go Eobard Thawne. I think Ooh. really diving into his mental. I don't know. You've read the 2010 Flash series, right? The I Jeff have. Johns one where yes, and the one issue I think it's number seven where they do Eobard's origin about how he kills his brother and erases him from time, and uh, he likes this girl and he erases her husband away from time completely <laughs> and it like messes her up mentally. Like how if you could dive into it, that's, that's <laughs> one issue. But if you can dive into a story like that and Black Label gives you the room to do it, I think that could be really interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think of it that way, using a villain. I was going to say for me, I probably want to do a villain now, but I was going to say Cyborg. 
going over uh not uh in my man or in my machine <laughs> just a uh, a story about maybe identity crisis in a way they kind of went over that in his rebirth series rest in peace where like he couldn't it's not like a man am i a man machine kind of thing it's just having this body is difficult and i can't have a normal life and they kind of briefly went over that in a cyborg i like to see it more go in depth and kind of have people hate him in a way <laughs> hate cyborg and him dealing with that and maybe he has like a panic attack and has lightning go everywhere in the sanctuary and kill heroes and <laughs> i don't know um <laughs> what what about um uh, my backup villain would be sinestro i think sinestro could be cool for a black label story because he is so cool and you could do dark stuff with him sinestro had about a 17 issue new 52 story series that was basically black label like it was extremely if, if dark mistaken, that's pretty good right it's really good and you I get read the it in a long time but if i'm not mistaken it's good yeah, like he cuts Arculo's fingers off. Uh, Which miraculously got forgotten. Thank you, Convocanter, for pointing yeah. out on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the way he meets his wife is really messed up in a way where she like eats yeah, a Bible. Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, <laughs> that kind of covers it. So it, it's but a I very do, dark series. I do series think Black anyways. Label could be a good chance to dive into villains' mental where you can't go as in-depth in an arc or in a story because you have the limited room. Here you would have the room to kind of go as far as you want and go as dark as you want. I mean, a lot of these villains have really dark stories, and to see them explored could be cool. Yeah. I'd even say, like, huge powerful villains like Darkseid could get a Black Label series. Maybe yeah. a young Darkseid living his life in yeah. apocalypse kind of thing i even read a luther dark label i think that uh, would work luther, well luther could definitely carry one yeah but yeah anyways uh that's the black label news um next bit of news would be i guess that's it for the comic news right oh uh shazam was delayed that, yeah where, shazam where? was delayed which damn it jeff johns and doomsday clock was delayed like two more weeks from Wherever it was in August to later in August. Now it's like, I think, the last week of August. So just in case you weren't waiting long enough. uh, And we still have no release date for number 12, which is a little scary. Um, (laughs) I I was in my first year of college when Doomsday Clock started. I'm going into my third year of college. So thank you, Jeff Johns. I I love your story, but it's taking forever. (laughs) I remember talking about theories on Doomsday Clock on Instagram all the time with people like you and others. And we'd be like, oh, man, I can't wait for Doomsday Clock. And... It's been two years, man, <laughs> for a 12-issue series. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jeff Johns. I think it's Jeff Johns' oh, fault uh, now. Yeah, uh, also, um, the Batman-Superman series had a preview back of this week's issues. I don't know if you saw it about um, Billy turning into, like, the Crow Robin thing. The, like, Batman Who Laughs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Robin. Wait, Billy or uh, Shazam? Uh, Billy, I mean. Oh, yeah, okay. Billy. So yeah, it, it's in the back. I mean, if you like open any of your comics from DC this week, it's in the back. It's um. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't even read that. Hold on, I the, the right in front of me, art I is amazing in this. Uh, David Marquez, who's mostly known for Marvel work, I think they just recently got him at DC, but he's doing amazing work. And I knew he was gonna do amazing work in the series, but the pages he did here, like the emotion on Batman and Superman's face, is amazing. Okay. I don't know if the story's gonna be great. I'm not crazy about like the whole. Batman who laughs stuff, but I'm 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 curious. Yeah, they show his cave, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the cave, and then um, if you go and in, like into the last page, it's um Billy Billy Batson is the oh program, yeah, which I don't I know how that Billy, works, but Billy Batson on sale in August. That's coming a lot sooner than I thought. 
Are you going to yeah, read this yeah, then? I'm, I think I have to, just because it's going to connect to a lot of DC stuff. You're the villain and all that, so... Yeah, I think I have to as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Batman Superman, so I think it'll be decent. And I don't know, everything I've heard Williamson... Like, I've watched some Williamson interviews about it, and I'm not crazy about his writing, but I think he is very passionate about it, so I'm interested. Yeah, it looks like it's tying into... There's a brief moment. It's ties into metal. I don't think it's in metal, but... Do you remember when Batman says we we don't know who we could trust? Do you remember where that's from? Yeah. From the end of The Price? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. The which Flash and Batman the... crossover after Heroes in Crisis, or in Heroes in Crisis? It looks like this ties into that. Yeah, well, I'm interested to see where that goes, because that, that, like, tease had me so hyped, so. Yeah, and in this tease, or I guess a sneak peek, um, it shows, like, the hologram of, like, the Justice League, the Titans, the Teen Titans, like all these heroes, and Batman just kind of stares at them and says, we have no idea who we trust right now. Yeah. So interesting. Looks like yeah. Billy Batson's a Robin. That's cool. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm curious to see where it goes. It's interesting to see Shazam outside of the Shazam title, because Jeff was talking about how no writers had any plans to use any of the Shazam characters outside of the Shazam title, but here we are. Yeah. Thank you, Williamson. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'll read it. I mean, I already have so many titles, and looking like at the ahead solicitations, I'm already picking up so many more. But I think I have to. Yeah, like I, I will too for sure. All right, uh, is that it for comic news then? Yes. Next bit of news will be live action news. Um, so there's a Birds of Prey leak apparently <laughs> going around by Grace Randolph. Who is who again? She's this very attention-seeking blogger on Twitter. Um, she will do anything for clout. Uh, she's very involved with comic book movies and often fights uh, with fan accounts. I think, if I'm not mistaken, she blocked World of Mera. But uh, <laughs> she's always like putting out like rumors and stuff and trying to get like retweets. And I think she has like a YouTube and she's just trying to get clout. But anyway. Um, she supposedly has leaks for Birds of Prey. Has which, she been right about leaks before? Yes, but I think she's also been very wrong on leaks before. Like um, on her Far From Home leaks, um, she was saying stuff that uh, was going to happen in the film that did not happen, like Ben Parker stuff. So, okay. I don't know if she's. I, I would not consider her trustworthy. Like everything Grace Randolph says, I take with the largest grain of salt. Okay. Especially this one because it's so bizarre. So well, here we are talking um, about. <laughs> So Birds of Prey, yeah. Take everything we say with a grain of salt here. So Birds of Prey, which is the upcoming movie, uh, the Harley Quinn movie featuring the Birds of Prey, I should say. Um, Grace Randolph has a little bit of a leak for us where she says that uh, Black Mask, who's the villain played by Ian McGregor, uh, which everyone um, in the early screening said was going to be like one of the greatest comic book movie villains, which I was like, oh, have me hyped. Like, this is awesome. I'm really not expecting much out of this movie. But anyway, uh, she says that he is confirmed to be uh, extremely gay, including flirting with uh, his henchman, Victor Zaz. Like, a lot of flirting. Zaz Uh, is the character, is the Batman villain with all the cuts on his body. Like, for every kill, he makes a scar. Which is weird. (laughs) Even though I I think in this movie, he's just a blonde guy. But anyway, um, along with that, uh, the plot of this movie is... Black Mask, and you're not going to take me seriously here. <laughs> Black Mask has dick pics hidden in a diamond, which gets swallowed by Cassandra Kane, and he needs to take Cassandra Kane 
to cut the diamond out of her and take his dick fix back. Lord <laughs> have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't know. It's weird, right? I just don't believe it. <laughs> this this sounds like too bizarre to actually happen in film. Oh, she also said things like that were a little bit more believable, like uh, Harley Quinn is going to be a very Deadpool character, including breaking the fourth wall multiple times. That's believable. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's believable with the Harley Quinn they've set up, which wouldn't that's really surprise me. Kind of what Harley Quinn already does. Yeah, but I I I don't know if I'm gonna like it. Uh, but yeah, so. I don't know. I really hope those are not real because if so, that sounds like it's going to be a kind of a trash movie. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <a> movie. <laughs> I, I already had no expectations for this movie because it, they're making it such a Harley Quinn fest and some of the suits that I've seen Harley and even Black Canary and I'm just like, yeah, this movie does not look like it's going to be for me. But, oh boy. I mean, we all we have is a basically a costume trailer. And we yeah, don't get the full cost. It costumes. looks like a Hot Topic commercial. Like, you wouldn't even know it's a superhero trailer unless you're really paying attention. <laughs> yeah, so we don't have a full trailer yet. It's out in March next year, I believe. Which is, like, hella soon. I'm guessing... Oh, I was about to say I'm guessing we'll see a Comic-Con, but DC's not even going to be at Hall H Comic-Con, so... Yeah, it, yeah, it's the next DC movie on the docket, if you don't count Joker. Like, next DCEU movie. Yeah, so we should be getting a trailer this summer, I assume. But we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, it just wrapped up filming quite recently, so maybe the trailer's yeah, so not ready yet. But it's also a vigilante type of movie. We don't need a lot of CGI. So yeah, nothing we can do about uh, that. At the end of the day, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next bit of news is Marvel's The Eternals, which is the next possible MCU movie. We don't really have a release date yet until next week's San Diego Comic Con. But Millie Bobby Brown was just casted as um, someone. I can't remember who. Uh, well, the, there's no official casting yet. She's going to be in the movie, but we're not sure what character she's going to play yet. Um, people think that she might play... Piper. Uh, what was the one? Yeah, Piper, the one that uh, the boss logic made the art of. But Yeah. Yeah. But we don't Do know you know yet. Eternals like that or not really? I barely know Eternals. <laughs> I don't know anything about Eternals, admittedly. I am just as lost as most MCU fans. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, this is going to be the next like big thing for the MCU. Like, This is going to be their next Guardians of the Galaxy team-wise. Like, It's going to be their next big phase of movies, I guess, like leading it. So. Yeah, and I mean, it's already got quite a big cast so far. Like, A lot of people are casted. So, JD, is this movie happening? It's happening. Uh, well, Angelina Jolie is cast, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she is, but you just said it's happening, so it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that. Uh, I can't wait till Joker comes out, because I'll never hear the end of it from Hunter. But uh, <laughs> as for this movie, yeah, I don't know. I, I actually, I'm one of like the rare people that has not watched Stranger Things, so I have no idea of Millie Bobby Brown's acting ability. My mom and sister watched it. I'm just not really, I you never should, watched it before. I don't know. You should totally try it. It's really Everyone good. says it's like, great, but. <laughs> it is. Like, it's super good. Yeah. Try it. Okay. When we're done recording. I guess, I guess when Nef- I guess when Netflix gets rid of the office, I'm gonna have to watch something else. So. <laughs> yeah. You have till twenty twenty one, so Exactly. But uh yeah, so Eternals happening, more casting. We'll see. I I, I like I said, I don't know anything about them, so maybe yeah. the MCU will define them like how they define the Guardians of the Galaxy for me, because I didn't know the Guardians of the Galaxy before the movie, so Yeah, I only knew Rocket Groot and kinda of Star Lord. 
yeah. but I didn't know who Drax was at all when the movie came out. I, I knew Drax, but I didn't know the rest because Drax uh, like stabbed Thanos. But yeah, I didn't I, really know the whole. Yeah, team. I just knew Rocket, Groot, and Star Lord. But Star Lord was so. much more of a serious character back then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Next bit of news is uh, the Joker director says that there will be something that happens in the Joker that'll make fans of the comics very upset. Uh, any theories? Yeah. Well. I don't know if it's like a singular thing. I think it's just the movie. He's like, it does not follow anything from the comic book. So I guess don't expect under, uh, don't expect a uh, killing joke, like the red hood origin. Don't expect, uh, the Scott Snyder new 52 origin. Like it's, it's its own thing. They will not be doing anything from the comics. So he said that some comic fans might be upset with that, but I don't know. I think for, see, it's different when it's like Spider-Man because Spider-Man, you need the core principles of the comic to make the character but with joker there's no real core principles other than that he's crazy <laughs> so yeah. i mean i don't know there's a lot of freelance room here to do it so and for a guy who doesn't really have a definitive origin there's a lot of room to go with so i don't know why he thinks people are going to be upset joker's not one of those characters that you need to go buy the book it's funny you say that because when top hill said that a lot of people were upset for some reason it's like was this not obvious before yeah, Thomas I, Wayne I mean, is alive for... in this movie. Bruce Wayne's a child, and he's going crazy from society instead of like living, acid and chemicals. And his, name's, and his name's Arthur Fleck. So yeah, like Joker doesn't have a name. <laughs> I mean, it seems like they're loosely doing the uh, comedian route from uh, Killing Joke. The Killing Joke, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm just still just interested to see where this film goes. I see more and more, and I see more. Joaquin Phoenix acting, and I'm just so impressed. I mean, he I has this, so much range, so I'm. I think this could be great. I hope it's great. I think it's gonna be good, like Logan, good kind of thing. We're not I gonna get so. like aliens coming in down or anything like that. We're gonna get like a deep emotional, Oscar-worthy performance. So Oscar-worthy <laughs> performance, but hey, Suicide Squad is an Oscar. Oh yeah, <laughs> never forget it. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, and speaking of Joker doing well, uh. There, the Joker director was talking uh, in, I think, the same interview about uh, a new label of DC film called DC Black, which would consist of films. Uh, and I'll try to find the exact quote on this because I actually like the way he put it. Uh, but it would consist of films like Joker that aren't like these huge CGI action, mindless everything. Uh, yeah, here's the here's the direct quote. Uh, he's talking about DC, DC Black, and it's the separate crop of DC films, and it's also a good way to differentiate from Marvel. Uh, Todd Phillips said uh, that <laughs> here's the quote: uh, "Let Joker be the first, then let's get effing great filmmakers to come in. Instead of trying to live in the shadow of the beast of the MCU, let's do something they can't, which would include thirty million dollar budgets, no CGI hoopla. Let's strip that all away. It'll be liberating." So, um. I'm fascinated. Um, so like I think deep this one could shots. Be great. It, yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it, it wouldn't be a connected universe. It wouldn't be trying to compete with Marvel, like make it a great action film. That's going to be a $200 million budget. And it's a big, like build up. It's going to be thought pieces that are singular films like Joker. And I don't know. It's got potential. I mean, comic books are much deeper than people give them credit for. Yeah. I mean, just read Tom King books, but I think this has <laughs> potential. Yeah. I mean, one-shot books without a lot of CGI, that means you're kind of getting rid of a lot of heroes. You can't do, like, a Green Lantern story or a Flash story here. Uh, just 
dark vigilante like stories which character would you want to see in like a one shot <laughs> um that's interesting I, I don't know honestly i don't know who could do that with the small budget uh thought piece joker seems like the perfect one for me because the enemy is society but i'm not sure what other character do you have a character in mind who you would want to use mm, first thing that comes to my mind is like constantine but like a proper constantine movie yeah but i guess i would have a lot of cgi in a way um the magic stuff yeah flashpoint batman maybe <laughs> yeah uh yeah it's it's tough though because like not a lot of characters fit the billing i guess joker does for sure maybe just other batman rogues like i love to see one on two-face yeah i mean you need somebody who's like marketable because you know they need to make money at the end of the day but yeah i guess just it's kind of hard but joker's a good start for sure i'm sure joker will do well unless rotten tomatoes says it won't and it won't do well. <laughs> Unless Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 24% the week before it releases. But, uh, yeah, so that's about it for the news, I think. Yep. And, uh, yeah, let's go on to the comics because there were a lot of comics this week and we got a lot to get to. Yeah. Um, before we get started, pick the week and cover the week. What do you got? Oh, yeah. Put me on the spot here. I forgot about that. Uh, you shouldn't put me on the spot. I think, oh, you're not going to like me for this. I think my pick of the week was Batman number 74. Believe it or not, I enjoyed a Tom King book this okay, week, good. and it was Batman 74. Oh, okay, usually you don't like them. <laughs> um, as far as cover for the week, um, does variant covers count? Because Spider-Man number 25 has a variant cover, and by our good old DC friend Patrick Gleason. Or, yeah, Patrick Gleason, and he his cover's great. I'd say that. If not variant covers, uh, Superman, for sure, 100%. Okay, yeah, I've picked variant covers in the week, so I think that's okay. Uh, my cover of the week is either the main Amazing Spider-Man number 25 cover, which is pretty cool, or uh, I really like the Flash 74 cover, like I said. I've been picking Howard Porter a lot. I love Howard Porter, so yeah, uh, I think it's a really cool cover. The Superman um, cover is like just Superman flying, and there's like a fleet behind them, and it looks really cool. And the Flash cover yeah, as- is like present or future Flash and like young Flash. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. As for pick of the week, I don't know. I could be between Superman thirteen and Batman seventy four. I know I'm shocked that Tom King books up here in my pick of the week. Um, I'm not sure. I think Superman thirteen, but I like Batman seventy four. And let's start with Batman seventy four yeah, because sure. for once we don't have to complain about Tom King for a week. What is a hero story coming to? Yeah, what well, you be getting Hunter. We'll, we'll find something. <laughs> Batman seventy five. We'll be back on him. Uh, when we so, left off, maybe we'll say first. Uh, Batman and his father is alive, but. Okay, Tom King complained here. We're still not getting explanation as to why Flashpoint Batman's in our Earth. So, a little confusing there. But, basically, uh, Flashpoint Batman, Batman's dance is just like, Hey, son, I have this plan. We're going to go through this desert. We're going to find one of Rachel Ghoul's like, uh, pits. They'll bring someone back to life. I have this coffin. We're going to drag her all the way to this pit and bring her back. And Batman's like, who's in the coffin? And it's actually Martha Wayne, Batman's mother. And so Thomas Wayne wants to put, wants to basically reunite the Wayne family. And Batman's just like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird, but all right. Yeah, let's do it. And on their way, Rachel Ghoul is sending ninjas after them. So occasionally they had to fight some ninjas, for the, but for the most part, it's just traveling through a desert. Uh, and they both look really cool, except Bruce Wayne doesn't wear a shirt. He just has the Batman mask on. And then Thomas Wayne is, oh, he also has gloves. And Thomas Wayne is wearing, like, a trench coat. And he basically looks like Nightmare Batman from Batman v Superman. 
yeah, yeah. anyways that's my recap go on good catch up yeah um so do you remember that story from i think batman number 50 something about the like in like i think it might be a review on the podcast where it was like an insane story about animals eating other yep. animals and it was like a terrifying child story and hunter and i are like what the hell two out of ten like come on tom king um <laughs> tom, tom king went full circle on us and he brought it back up and i think he brought it up in a very interesting way uh, so Thomas is talking about the story that we read that day where it's like four animals fall into a pit and they all convince each other to uh, they all eat each other one by one until it's just two of them and then uh, when it's the last two of them one convinces the other to eat himself and then he's alone down there but he's has food and it's just like does he ever escape the pit we don't know it's like a horrifying child story that I guess Thomas Wayne used to tell Bruce when he was a child why would you ever tell your child that? <laughs> anyway, um, Thomas is bringing it up and he's talking about how it was a strange book. And this is pretty much like the main dialogue of the issue. So he's asking him about the book and uh, it's mostly Thomas talking. Bruce replies here and there, but Bruce is mostly focused on what they're doing. So uh, I, I think it's really interesting how Tom King brought it back up about how the story ended up playing. This is where, like I say, that sometimes you have to read things full story, right? So when when we read that issue at the time, it was just like, what the hell is this story? Like, it's so weird. It's <laughs> and we didn't like it place. at all. But, but now it makes more sense, and I think it makes that issue better. That makes sense. Uh, Maybe. I'd have to reread it. But Yeah. I, I just think it gives it more depth because it comes full circle. But anyway, um, they're trying to bring the... Uh, the Martha Wayne to the pit so they could revive her. And uh, Thomas thinks it'll be good for Bruce because he became the Batman because of the loss of his parents. So if both of his parents are back, he doesn't need to be Batman. Seems like a soundproof, uh, you know, ordeal here. Um, (laughs) Thomas has been lonely. (laughs) Thomas has been lonely. He misses uh, Martha and he talks about how she was stubborn, but God damn it. If he doesn't love her, Um, even though this is like a different, Martha but anyway um, it's not his Martha he, and he even kind of references his Martha and he's like you don't know the things I had to do so interesting she was Joker and uh, yeah it's dark for him so having mm-hmm. Martha back I think like Martha Martha would be important to Martha um, anyway <laughs> um, there's some cool Bruce art po- of them just yeah, walking no, through the some- desert and like on, mm-hmm. on horses there's even one part where it's a panel and you see half of Thomas's face with the goggles on and then the other half you see bruce's face with the mask on and it's like they're both batman but you can see that thomas is a bit older around the mouth and stuff yeah yeah no it's it's, it's really cool and i love the red eye effect yeah which is what thomas has well batman bruce wayne has white eyes yeah uh but anyway um bruce pulls a little sneaky on his dad here and uh <laughs> he hides martha's body and he di- and he buried it in the desert while Thomas was sleeping, and now they can't revive her in the pit. And uh, they start fighting. He punches him, and uh, Thomas starts punching back. And it's a pretty good back and forth fight. And they tell the entire story again of the animals in the pit. And it ends with, uh, did he climb up or is he still there in the pit? Which is funny because they're in a pit. You know, it, it's actually some deep storytelling. It's Tom King being deep, and I actually like it. Interesting how that works, huh? It's very beautiful. Yeah, you see, um, because Batman or Batman was wearing red or black gloves, and well, Thomas Wayne is under this is the bat suit. And at the very end, they're fighting this pit, and you see a hand appear, where climbing out of the pit, but it's black glove, and we don't know is that Bruce Wayne or is that Thomas Wayne. I'm gonna yeah. say it's Thomas. 
Yeah, but uh, b- even before that, like I, I really like the dialogue here. Uh, Thomas says, uh, "You're broken." I remember seeing you in that alley. Uh, I remember that alley seeing you. We broke you. In that moment, you learned the one truth: you can't be Batman. There's only and then uh, Bruce talks back and he's like, "There's only one truth, and it will not be denied." And then Thomas says, "All you can be is my son." And then Bruce replies, "My mother is dead. My father is dead, and I'm, and I'm still here." So really good. After everything he went through, after all this misery for the last like 23 issues, he's still here. He's still kicking. I like that. But yeah, as Hunter says, the next morning, uh, one glove comes out, and we're not sure who it is, and that's where the issue ends. And next, City of Bane begins. Batman 75, the big reveal. Which is two this weeks This was a good now. issue. This was a really yeah. good issue. Great dialogue, actually, too. There's even one point where um, Thomas says, uh, you're an addict, Bruce. You're addicted to Batman. <laughs> Which I thought was yeah funny, but also like oh yeah that's an that's a good point actually <laughs> yeah th- I think it's an interesting thought piece right there. I didn't expect the whole, that Bruce Wayne would bury Martha, but I kind of like that it, it's something that Bruce Wayne would do, in a way. Mm-hmm. Punching his father, I don't know if that's so much that he would do, but it's good. Like it, it's a good tw- mini twist, I guess you could say, and I'm. Guessing the next issue, Bruce will go back to Gotham City and see that Bane has taken over. Yeah. Yeah. You, still, just... <laughs> you good? Yeah. No, I'm just like thinking about this issue. Like it was kind of deep. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm really curious, and I'm curious where City of Bane's gonna go. I'm. I'm nervous for City of Bane because it's like eight issues, and well, last time we had an eight issue arc from Tom King, we know how that one went, but. As long as it's not fillery and it focuses on the premise, I'm all for it. Let, let's do it. I'm ready. All right, I give it a uh, uh, 9 out of 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm at uh, 9 out of 10, too. I really like this issue. Good. Ooh. All right, uh, Superman 13. Uh, let's get some Krypton history, y'all. Uh, <laughs> Jor-El. Um, we get the origin of of superman's curl now have you always been under the <laughs> the thought that he did the curl on his own or that it was natural i always thought that he like worked on the curl <laughs> really i always thought it was yeah. natural <laughs> i i saw like a twitter poll about it and they were asking and there were like a lot of different opinions about it and i was just like you know what i think like he works on it like it's not everything comes to the man of steel but apparently i was wrong the, the curl is natural um and jor-el doesn't like it <laughs> he even asks uh lara i believe her name is uh his mother um Laura, yeah, Lara. Yeah, he asked Lara, um, "Do you keep curling his hair like that?" And he's like, "No, it does it on its own." And he's like, oh, well, it looks ridiculous." And she's like, "Well, your hair does the same exact thing." So uh, yeah, some funny moments here. I like some. Wow, that's. <laughs> JD just muted his mic because this phone was ringing. I'm not even good at reading uh... that. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, editing is working against me here, but yes, the phone rang very loud. Anyway, <laughs> um, Jor-El is talking to a council, but not a council of Kryptonians. He is talking to various people across the galaxy, which he talked to in an earlier show, Superman, one of which is a Green Lantern guardian. One of which is also and... Starfire's father. Yes. So various people across the galaxy, and he's talking to them like they all got the giant blue heads and... Uh, he was talking to them that the the Krypton, um, the the government of Krypton doesn't care about his findings. They don't care that it's going to end. You know, like it's th- they find irregularities in his findings. They don't think he's right, and he's the scientist. Of course, he's right, but uh, they don't believe him. And he needs the, his whole council here to help convince Krypton, like, hey, he's right. 
And they're not all about it. Um, they're kind of doubting him. They were talking about how they sent people, uh, even like in the middle of dinner, to go check on Krypton and go do the experiments. And everything's been inconclusive. Like there's nothing that's been concrete evidence that Jor-El is right. But Jor-El knows he's right. And uh, he's yeah, a little, he's a little... He's a little too cocky, like confident. Yeah. But I think that's what they built up of Jor-El and Rebirth so far. So I'm not yeah. surprised. Makes sense. Uh, anyway, he talks about how... Um, he actually brings up Rogal Zar by name, the bounty hunter. And um, I'm, I'm sorry, the um, the Guardian brings up Jor-El. Do you remember Rogal Zar? And one of the other guys is like, why would you bring that up? And... Uh, Jor-El asks, what does the mercenary have to do with this? And the guy just gives like a creepy grin. He looks like Palpatine. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, Jor-El goes into like like a city setting on Krypton. And uh, he's looking for Rogal Zar, which is kind of weird. And somebody asks, like, what kind of language is that? They're like, it's not a language, it's a name. Uh, but yeah, so Rogal Zar, uh, Jor-El's looking for him. But while he's looking for him, he gets shot by Thanagarians, I guess. Yeah. He's shot by an arrow, but like I from think it's like the hawk and hawk girl people. Yeah, they're the hawk people. Uh, but yeah, we get like a few page, um, a few pages of him being chased down by the people. No dialogue, but a really cool chase and really cool art. I think here, I think it's uh, when the art can tell a story itself. It's always awesome, and he he ends up taking down one of the uh, hawk people, and. Uh, then they pretty much just go straight to him being back at home, and uh, he's saying that it's time we need to get the baby off the planet. And they're like, uh, "What?" Uh, and the, it starts like shaking around them. Uh, the way they do like the vibrations and the art is really brilliant. Um, like it, it makes it like look blurry and stuff. Yeah, um, the thing is, looking at it, looking at it a second time, <laughs> do you see Kal-El crying? Like he looks so weird. The oh, face. he looks awful. <laughs> He looks like like an old man crying. <laughs> he looks terrible. Yeah, absolutely. It's bizarre. But uh, but anyway, um, they're watching Krypton explode around them, and uh, they're like, oh well, now now will uh, Lara asks, will the Science Council listen now? And he's like, it's too late. The end of Krypton. And uh, he talks to his council of uh, various space people again, and um, he wants to see if they could if the galaxy has room for Kryptonian refugees to get everyone off the planet. And one of them says that we have room for you and your direct family, but we can't take an entire planet worth of people. They're like, Krypton will make it through this. We pray that they'll make it through this. Long live Krypton. And Jor-El's kind of just like thinking like, you idiots. Like, like damn. Krypton's going to die. Yeah, you're basically just saying like, sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, sorry, we don't want your refugees of a whole planet. Like, Sounds like a personal problem. We'll take your family, but we can't take your whole planet. And he's like, what, but what about like the legacy of Krypton? So that was kind of heavy that nobody really cared about Krypton, even though Jordan was one like uh, warning them the entire time. And it seems like people knew it was coming, but they didn't care about it. So and that's what Superman asked about. He's like, wow, all these people knew that Krypton was going to die and they did nothing. And Jordan was saying that's why they want to kill him now, because he's the one who knows. And it's funny because Jordan talks about new Krypton, which is. That's Isn't like that what Zod calls his planet? Zod with the definitely sons? calls this planet that, yeah. And in the dream sequences, they talk about New Krypton. I, I feel some big connection coming, and I'm so excited. But uh, I forgot. I didn't even put the two and two together. Zod has his own planet from Hallam Palace. Yeah, I I think that could be really cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I love that planet from the from the Hallam Palace. I mean, not that. Like, you know, he runs slaves there, but I, I like that it has two <laughs> yellow sons and that Zod's family lives there. And I mean, everyone knows since 2016, I've been back. 
begging for Jor-El and Zod to rematch. So, uh, yeah, maybe they, could <laughs> live in, maybe they could live in peace. Maybe the dreams that Superman is having are not too far off. Exactly. Could so. actually happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much um, where the issue ends. But he takes them to the remnants of Krypton, and uh, Jor-El just says that they want to find the truth here. And then uh, for the last two pages, which is, I guess, the year of the villain tie-in, uh, Lois Lane is t- uh, typing at her desk when, like, a little bot comes in, and um, it does, like, a projection of Lex Luthor with the hood on where he's got, like, the just reborn, and she's like, aren't you supposed to be dead? And he's like, no, far from it. Uh, and he Lois is very casual about it. Yeah. I mean, Lois and Lex have an odd relationship. But anyway, uh, she's like, I'm not going to open this while you're still watching me. And then uh, she eventually she eventually opens it. And she's just like, oh, and like something blue is shining at her. So, yeah, you're the villain, baby. Going down. Uh, what do you think of the issue? Good. Bendis loves his uh, secret boxes that the readers can't see. <laughs> Young Justice, I know. Yeah. Um, I thought the issue was okay. I didn't think it was all that. I mean, I was hoping for more Superman, and we got a lot of uh, Super Dad instead. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's like a little fillery, um, but I think it provides enough background information. Ouch! Where I didn't feel like cheated. Uh, I just like banged my foot on the desk. That really hurt. But um, <laughs> I didn't. I felt like it provided enough background information that I didn't feel cheated. So I, I liked it for an issue of background information. But yeah, I would have liked more Superman. Uh, eight out of ten for me. I give it like a seven. It was alright. Okay. Interesting. All right. Um, let's do Flash seventy four next. Uh, year one wrapping up. Uh, second to last issue of year one. Yeah, not over uh, yet, but we're getting there. Yeah. So uh, Future Turtle is here with Future Flash, and he has him in a chain. He took the Future Flash's speed, and uh, Young Barry is able to take Future Flash away from him and rescue him, but. He has no speed, and Turtle is on the attack. And uh, Future Flash explains that there's nothing you could do. No matter what you do, we lose today. And I know I've known this because I lived it through you. And I'm dying now. And he doesn't really want to focus on like strategizing because he knows whatever they do, you can't beat him. And he wants to reminisce on the old times. And he talks about, uh, tell me about Iris. Tell me about the first date. Was it breakfast? And it was like, no, it was dinner, but we had breakfast foods. And it's a nice moment between Young Barry and Old Barry. But Young Barry's still motivated. And uh, I like that they actually kind of use comic books for the motivation here. Uh, Old Barry picks up a comic book, uh, one of the Jay Garrick Flash comic books, Flash number one, actually. And uh, he says, man, you really should keep these in bags and bars. (laughs) Which I was like, all right, that's Williamson speaking there because I know he's a comic purist. Uh, But anyway... Um, he he just talks about kind of regrets in life and uh, Barry just, he's motivated. He's like, listen, I know you're saying that I can't do it, but these comic book heroes taught me that I could do anything. That And, you know, mom would always say, never lose your hopefulness. Like, keep going. So he gets the flash ring and uh, he says, like, this is what heroes do. And he puts on the ring and he breaks into the real flash suit, which is, I think it's like a really tiny panel in between Iris panels, but I like the way they do it. Yeah. And, and, uh, but is not the original flash suit as much. Well, yeah, I posted about this and I want to know what people think. And I think a lot of people were similar thinking to me that why isn't it the straight bell, like the showcase number four suit, basically like it should be the original Barry suit. But and what, does this mean like New Fifty Two is no longer canon, or <laughs> like I said, they pick and choose whatever they want from New Fifty Two. But basically, 
it looks like the 2000s Wally suit, like uh, the one that he has in the 2008 Titans run, where it's like the V-shaped belt and the same logo and all that. So before it's just he got the, the lining, suit. yeah, yeah. So, but like, uh, yeah, in New Fifty Two, he makes that ring out of metal, and his first suit is like metallic in a way, and it's like little pieces of metal that attach onto him. But in here, it's just like the original suit. So I'm like, huh? I actually like yeah. the original like New Fifty Two suit, and now it's like that doesn't exist. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're gonna try to go for an explanation on that or not. I mean, I doubt it, but I don't know. They like to pick and choose what they want out of the new Fifty Two and not. But I see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, um, Iris is stuck with Turtle, and uh, Barry shows up in his new suit, and he's ready to fight him. But twice the pride, double the fail. What's the Dukatuku quote from Ren and Sith? Twice the pride, double the fall. Anyway, uh, two <laughs> turtles show up. Um, Young Turtle from our time, or from Barry's time, rather, from year one, and Old Turtle are now going to team up. So, yeah, I don't know. I kind of saw this coming, so I wasn't, like, shocked. Like, I felt like throughout the issue, they were kind of building to two turtles. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I didn't see it coming, but I wasn't like, what? No way! <laughs> <laughs> no way, the turtle, so badass. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Decent issue. I mean, I feel like Flash Year One is, like, all right. If anything, yeah, it's it's nothing like blowing us out of the water. It's just it, it's a fun read, I guess. There's some nice moments, but overall, kind of just eh. I yeah. like the Howard Porter art, but yeah, the writing's kind of just eh. I don't know. We'll see how it ends, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that issue like a six point five, maybe seven out of ten. I give it like a seven. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, Young Justice number seven. Uh, around the multiverse. This was weird. Um, this issue was weird and um it was very okay like i didn't really get much out of this issue um basically they bounce around from multiverse to multiverse to multiverse or from earth to earth to earth rather uh so the first earth they're in is the teen titans go earth and um the justice league of the teen titans go earth is there and bart talks about how he wants to eat them all and i, I don't know i don't know what he was going for with the dialogue i thought it was really weird but anyway well, um i feel like bendis's one weakness is like dialogue <laughs> Yeah, and I think the way he writes Bart is kind of odd so far. Um, it's like know. crazy. <laughs> like yeah, it reminds yeah, me yeah. of modern day Harley Quinn. <laughs> he makes him like a like a hyper kid at the party who just had like two pixie sticks. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I think like I mean, if you read the original Young Justice series, that's I mean Bart's very impulsive, but I don't think he's like this. Like get in my belly, I want to eat you all up. You're so cute. Like uh, okay. Yeah, uh, it's like, all right, kid. Like, but, but anyway, um, Cyborg trans- cyborg of the Teen Titans Goverse transports them out of there, and um, they don't know what Earth they're from, but they transported them to another Earth. And where did they go? But Captain Carrot's Earth. Earth. Uh, it's like a letter, I think. Uh, Earth. It's basically, o? yeah, it's, it's a cartoon Earth where uh, there's just animals. Like, it's. Do animals talk in this universe? Because I don't want to freak them out. That's basically <laughs> the DC version of this. Yeah, no... Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew. Uh, it's like a Justice League made of like animals. But yeah, they've been around for a while, like the multiversity and all that, which they make a joke about calling it multi for thirsty. Uh, yeah, thirsty? I don't, I don't, I didn't. Get um, that. Captain Carrot has even been in like a. Basically, if the multiverse gets together for something, Captain Carrot's pretty much always there. For some reason. Yeah. 
So, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was in that Superman Rebirth arc where Clark was going around the multiverse. Yeah, and he was in the recent Justice League issue. Yeah. So, so uh, but anyway, they get transported by the multiverse mallet, so they think they're going home, but of course they're not going home because where they end up is a place that looks like they're where they should be, right? The Hall of Justice is there, but it looks different because it has like a front lawn and all that. <laughs> um, a front lawn, yeah. Yeah. And um, Metropolis is there. But. Yeah, Metropolis is there, but when they get to like a top of a building, they look up and realize they are not in the right place because Kingdom Come Superman is there along with Kingdom Come Green Lantern and Wonder Woman and a few others. So Tim Drake, uh, Red Robin, and yeah, Power Drake, Girl. Power Girl. So, um, yeah, I don't know why Tim didn't react bigger to seeing Red Robin, but okay. Um, I guess, I don't know, is, is the cowl phase for him not remembered because that's Bray 52? I feel like I thought at the beginning of the series, him he remembered pre fifty two. He, he remembers some pre fifty two. That's what I'm wondering. Does he remember it or no? Maybe. Did, maybe the better question is: Does Bendis remember? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's weird. But anyway, um, I don't know. The interactions with the Kingdom Come Earth didn't feel fluid. Like they felt very forced. Yeah, it wasn't I, anything like what Kingdom Come. Yeah, like I'm, I'm a huge Kingdom Come fan, but yeah, this just didn't feel right. Um, anyway, um, he said, uh, Khan says that he's a clone of Lex Luthor and Superman, which is kind of sad because, um, that's like one of the biggest retcons from the Teen Titans 2003. So in Young Justice, uh, in like the nineties, he wasn't a clone of Lex and Superman, which I think a lot of people liked. He was like the nineties Superboy. Everyone loved him. And then in the two thousands, Jeff Johns decided to make him a clone of Superboy, of Superman and Lex Luthor, which is interesting, but I don't know. I know a lot of people don't like it. And, it, uh, it's yeah. interesting, but no one really does anything with the Lex Luthor part. Yeah. So Except it's like just the animated point? series for a while, but yeah. Yeah, so I understand what you mean. Yeah. But anyway, um, Alan Scott is like, please say that again. I need that on recording. And it's just like, okay, this is very. Yeah, why, why is Alan uh, Scott like a jokester here, but he's also like an yeah, old man? Yeah, exactly. Um, Wonder Woman puts Wonder Girl in the lasso and she tells them everything that's happened over the last few days. And uh, yeah, they decide let's get them back to their Earth. So they turn to Dr. Fate, who will help them get back. And uh, Alan Scott and Teen Lantern have a few interactions. And uh, it's kind of funny because she calls him like grandpa. Anyway, um, the sons and daughters of the bat attack them. But we don't get to see this fight at all. It happens all off panel because three minutes later, they're being destroyed by the kingdom come and young justice so i thought that was really weird i thought um, that's just saying that like these characters are weak and it yeah yeah no i mean that's what it was showing but i just thought it was weird that we got it very off panel like i don't know it just seemed like a jump like i thought i missed the page for a second yeah uh, but anyway um dr fate decides to send them through the multiverse but unfortunately he forgot to carry the two Aha. Uh, anyway, he checks the trunk and he looks in the trunk and he's like, oh my God, we need to get them out of here now. So lots of tease of what's in that trunk. We still something don't know goes. what's in there though. Yeah. There's something yeah. in the Young Justice truck that's apparently really powerful and we have no idea what it is. Yeah. Um, Teen Lantern says that she wants to intern for Alan Scott and Alan Scott's okay with it. I don't get how that would work, but okay. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Fate sends them, but like I said, he forgot to carry the two, so they're at the wrong Earth, and it says that they went to the worst Earth, the absolute worst Earth. It's not even close. And that's where they left them. Um, where, where, what Earth do you think it is? 
At first, I was thinking R three crime syndicate and all that because he said he carried you know the two. So okay, yeah, I didn't even think of R three, but but R three is destroyed. Or like all the heroes aren't there, or all the sorry villains aren't there, you know, because they all died in Dark Side War. So yeah, but he was able, he was able to get away this. with it for John because it was time travel through the black hole. But now you can't do that, so I don't know how that would work. I'm gonna say it's a negative Earth. Like Batman and Laugh style. Yeah, I can see, I can see that. All we see is a destroyed Welcome to Metropolis sign. So we have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure, but Yeah, that's uh that's Ingerosis. Uh for filler it wasn't bad. I'll say that. It's a lot of fan service. Not the greatest fan service, but I understand what they're trying to do. Yeah, I think it's one of the weaker issues of Young Justice so far. Yeah, definitely. Although, uh, I'm excited for two issues from now. I guess not an X issue. Because that's when Tim's going to get his next name. So, Oh, I thought it was next issue. I thought it was number 10. I thought it was... It was supposed to be 7, but I thought it got pushed back to 8 because they had the guest artist, the guy who wrote the Teen Titans, or the guy who drew the Teen Titans Go pages. That's why they moved it back. Oh. I totally thought it was... Okay, maybe not. I, I I thought it was ten, but I guess maybe it'll be next issue. But wasn't Young Justice it's, also it's delayed? Happening, it, it's it's happening at some point. <laughs> yeah, in the near future. But yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Kind of an okay issue. I give it like a six out of ten. I just wasn't crazy about it. I'll give it a seven. Yeah, I don't know. I just like I was kind of not bored reading it, but kind of just like not that entertained. And like you said, there was fan service, but I didn't feel like it was like. Oh wow, Kingdom Come Superman. I was kinda of like, oh, okay, it's Kingdom Come Superman. <laughs> I did like the the guest artist for the Teen Titans Go universe. Uh-huh. I, I thought he like the way he draws Bart was really fun. Yeah. So it wasn't all that bad. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Uh next issue. Yeah, um probably the biggest by page wise, uh comic of the week, Amazing Spider Man number twenty five on the Marvel side of things. Uh oh, yeah. if you listened to last week's episode, Hunter was very excited for this issue. Uh did it live up to your expectations? Uh it was good. It definitely set up a lot in the Amazing Spider Man universe, I guess you should could say. It wasn't what I expected. It's basically like what, four stories going on? Yeah. So I guess we'll recap well, one. The last one I feel like shouldn't count, but yeah, the last okay, one. Okay, yeah, we won't even mention the um, last one. It's just. <laughs> but anyway, um, just before I start, um, did you feel like your? I don't know if it's maybe just my copy. My copy felt very flimsy. Like usually when DC does the big yeah. issues, anniversary issues, like they're really like premium paper. This one like folded in half before I like I, while I was reading it, I was like, what the hell? Like the back page like flat, like flatted out in the side. I was like, what the hell is it? Like it oh, felt yeah. flimsy, and it still feels flimsy now. Like listen to this. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know, it just felt kind of flimsy. Like like when the Batman Who Laughs issue, for example, those are like really like premium comic like paper. Yeah. I guess I don't know. Considering we paid eight dollars for this, I just feel like it should have been nicer. <laughs> yeah, it's it is sixty pages. So. Yeah, that's just my complaint that like it felt flimsy for a big book. Yeah, no, I understand that. I it's guess it's not... the extra pages, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. It was some... anyway. So should we recap like different stories at a time? Yeah, that's fine. So you, which one do you want to recap? So um, let's start with like the first story with, or no, let's start with the Mary Jane story. I think that one's kind of the easiest to go over. Yeah, we can quickly do that. 
So Mary Jane goes to um, a, like a Broadway play, I guess, or like a theater play. I don't know if it's supposed to be Broadway, but it's like a theater play. She was supposed to go with Peter, but Peter got occupied doing stuff with the lizard. So uh, she decides to invite a friend who appeared in an earlier issue, if I'm not mistaken. I think this girl, her name's Carly Cooper, NYPD. I think she used to date Peter, right? Oh, did she? Because she's she makes a reference here. She's like, uh, trust me, I know. Like when um, uh, she was like, yeah, you don't need to explain to me about Pete not being here. Oh, so uh, I'm I'm pretty sure they said that in an earlier issue, like before the hunted. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I think so. Anyway, um, she like really loves Mary Jane and she really loves Melanie Daniels, who is the actress in this play. Uh, MJ kind of has a history with Melanie Daniels because Melanie Daniels replaced her on a soap opera and then that ended up launching her career into like an award-winning actress. And uh, yeah, they kind of have an odd relationship. Like Melanie's kind of braggy over Mary Jane, like, oh, well, you know, I've been acting. What have you been doing? Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, it's a play about the Fantastic Four and she plays Sue Storm, which that was kind of weird yeah uh, but anyway um so she wears like a blonde like, wig and it's also a musical yeah i guess yeah it's like a musical while galactus is like dr doom is singing with them and silver surfer i don't know it's goofy anyway mm. um the lady electro um attacks the play and she takes uh melanie hostage and she has a live stream like if uh, i want to ransom if you have to pay x amount of money and i'll keep her alive but she's not getting the kind of money and comments online are like hating on her. They're like, no, kill her. Please kill her. Look familiar. It's, like, <laughs> it's kind of dark, right? Spider-Man PS4 DLC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I was kind of thinking a little bit. Uh, screwball. Yeah. Screwball I time. Ugh. I hated her. Uh, she better not be in the sequel. Anyway, um, then she starts like a GoFundMe thing to like, all right, let's see how much money you'll raise to kill her. So they end up raising enough money to kill her. But she's messed up. Like I'm sorry. That's like really oh, messed up when messed you think up. about it. I thought you said I messed up. I was like, wait, did I mess up? Did I skip a page? No, no, no. Like that's messed up. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely messed up. Uh, anyway, um, she goes on like this whole big speech about showbiz and how like it eats people alive. And I don't It was actually like a pretty well-written speech. But um, before she dies, she pulls off a wig and she's Mary Jane. And it's just like, what? What? <laughs> Turns out that Mary Jane put on a blonde wig and switched out with Melanie and um yeah i don't know they trap electra into like pouring water on her and she gets taken down like that so mary jane decides after all this she wants to get back into acting boom yeah uh, do you want to go over the peter and lizard story sure so during the hunted the yeah during the hunted uh miss dr connor's no dr connor's class uh he <laughs> aka the lizard he um, became the lizard, and he hates being the lizard. He's like a villain that doesn't want to be a villain. So he built this cage to go in next time he's the lizard where he can't get out, and there's drones in there that fire at him if he tries to escape as the lizard. And so Spider-Man thinks the drones are for him, so he's fighting all the drones trying to get Dr. Connors out of this cage, and Dr. Connors is just like, oh, wait, 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 no. Um, I Those drones are for me. They're for keeping the lizard in, not getting you out. And he's just like, oh, it's okay, Doc. Like, you, you got this. You have control. He's like, well, I lost control when we were in, like, The Hunted. And it's like, well, that's because there's villains everywhere and you were tasered several times. Like, right now, you you have a family. They need you and they're not going to be tasering you. And he's just like, oh, I guess you're right. And so he did, uh, then he did, like, his code, which was August 31st. 
and then the drones all self-destructed and cage opened up and he's just like peter or i mean spider-man please help me like it's his, it's my son's birthday just uh, do this for me and so he spider-man stands by while he does like surgery on himself to put a new like inhabitor chip in his neck that could go off if he like goes to kill someone and it's just like okay i'm gonna go home and he ends up going home to his family Mar- martha oh my god the mom's name's martha <laughs> and i didn't even realize that <laughs> yeah i didn't either and the son billy and spider-man kind of watches and then grabs some flowers and it's like i did good this year and kind of thinks back to the past 25 issues of spider-man goes to see mary jane uh gives her flowers and then they start talking about their days and it ends with a dr connor's class uh he's teaching his dr connor's is in front of class again saying sorry he was away for a bit some he had some personal problems because he, he was the lizard and peter parker went back to school that's how that story one electron volts um <laughs> yeah also, also you didn't finish mary jane's story yeah well i, I wanted you to tell like the part of yours because it kind of oh, intertwined. Okay. so she tells peter how she wants to become an actor and then she gets a call from her agent uh and her agent from like two years ago is like yeah i'm still working for you because now she's big again because people loved her speech anyway um she's like I'm, I'm with a guy right now who wants you to work for him and it's actually mysterio and um well, she yeah, doesn't know it's mysterio yeah so mysterio is writing a movie awesome it'll yeah. probably have great special effects but <laughs> going back to uh, his anyway, roots yeah um the really creepy villain which we have the name of him right it's um they said his name last issue i can't remember it now but but he didn't like when that we said his name last issue yeah the the new villain that's going to be like the jj abrams thing uh, that has like the centipedes all over him is really creepy um he looks at like pictures of all the spider-verse characters including spider gwen peter miles uh doc ock superior spider-man ben riley spider-woman uh what's the girl's name with the mask uh silk 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 and a few others and um he was saying that through his many friends he could like take down peter and yeah it's kind of weird anyway um electra electro girl version gets uh broken out of prison by an all-female team which looks like it's going to be the female sinister six uh, basically led by lady ock which you might remember her from the spider verse animated movie Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. That's what I I don't remember her from comics. Like that was my introduction to her was the Spider Verse movie. So oh great, it's live. <laughs> so exactly, yeah. Um, and then um, yeah, uh, apparently the future is dying because Miguel O'Hara is. I, I didn't really understand where this was going. They do like a whole class about superheroes, which was kind of interesting. But um, the future is dying, and they show miguel o'hara spider-man 2099 like laying on the ground so that made me gasp okay because we haven't it seen made me gasp too i i did not expect that we haven't seen that in forever that's like batman beyond coming to the modern age like spider-man 2099 yeah. he's not even in the crossovers with like spider-verse crossovers like spider gideon that was the latest spider-verse crossover 99 is not there because he's not from another earth he's from our earth he's just from the future yeah so that that's crazy that he's coming into the comics like the modern yeah. comics yeah like i my my jaw dropped when i saw him i was like okay <laughs> uh anyway uh the last story because i'm not going over that last last story the last story is with jjj and he's in spider-man's apartment and um it's some funny interactions we like, got our, get in here? we got our uh our art by our boy oh this is the gleason art okay yeah. awesome I didn't you didn't notice that? Yeah, this is Gleason. I, I thought he, 
I thought he did the story before that, though. It's Spider-Man 2099 one. Okay, awesome. Nope, this is him. He does really good in the story, then. That is amazing art. Uh, yeah, he's going to be JJ. the ongoing artist. Yeah. So, um, JJ, J. Jonah Jameson broke into Spider-Man's apartment, and he's like, how'd you get in here? And he's like, oh, I know how to pick a lock. And he's like, did you use a crowbar? <laughs> um, but yeah, he he's like, we're... You weren't answering your cell phone, and Peter's like, yeah, we don't exactly have that kind of relationship. He's like, now we do. Let's go. Uh, so J. John Jameson uh, lives – the a building that he lives across from um, was really loud, and Spider-Man's like, you came to me for a noise complaint? And he's like, no, there's – like, it gets deeper than this. Um, I called his own department. Uh, my friend, let's call him Eugene. Uh, Eugene said that um, it's like a front, but we don't know who's the back door. And if Eugene doesn't know the back door, then that's scary. So who's fronting for this building? Well, they open it up and like these bubbles and shiny colors come out and this big villain thing comes out, which I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a me- big metal body with spikes on its head. And it's they're speaking, little aliens. They're goblins. It's, it's, it's speaking language of like arrows. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was weird. Uh, but um, they actually make a joke because uh, JJ, J. John Jameson breaks it open with a crowbar and Peter's like, you do have a crowbar. I knew it. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, the aliens are like jumping all over Peter, and um, they look like like colorful gremlins. Yeah, and J. Jonah Jameson calls them gremlins. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> He's just like, my uh, God, you people are weird. <laughs> like, as soon as these aliens come yeah. out, J. Jonah Jameson literally says, my God, you people are weird. And Spider-Man's like, what? Don't let me in with him. I've never... He's like, gremlin. Spider-Man's like, what? Uh, I said, gremlin, get your head straight. <laughs> But the colors had some kind of effect on uh, Jameson and Spider-Man because when they leave, like, Jameson's front of his suit and his glove is, like, purple and green. And then Spidey's suit is ripped in the back, but it has, like, red, yellow, and green in the front now. So I'm not sure if that was on purpose or not or if that was just, like, a coloring thing. But no, I think that, that's definitely on purpose because the next few pages he's like that. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we, Peter goes to Doctor Strange's place. And he's just sitting in his desk, waiting for Doctor Strange, playing with, like, something. And he's just like, hmm. And then he kind of jumps when Doctor Strange walks in. It's actually a really yeah. funny panel. <laughs> and yeah, it's great. Doctor Strange says, if you're here to cause me trouble, toying with this scarpatio of tears is a fine start. And then notice how the similarities with the start of this story of uh, Spider-Man says, you came. Just like OJ Jonas, Jonas Jameson said, you came when Spider-Man came yeah. to the apartment. Like this is my home, and well, Spider-Man was like, yeah, "This is my apartment." At the beginning, yeah, it's like, and I would have called first if you had a wander. However, that works. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it ends up being a team up after that, and next time we'll get a team up with Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. Yeah, and it says that um, Todd Knock is going to be doing the art. That's interesting. Todd Knock um, is the original Young Justice artist from the '90s, so that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, so Spidey and Strange. Also, um, the art, like the way Strange is drawn, is amazing here. Yeah, like, like he, the he facial looks... expressions they're able to do, like especially in that last one, is amazing. He looks fantastic, absolutely. But, but yeah, um, so that's where the issue ends for me because that last story was garbage. Um, yeah, the last story is just like a non-canon, like Teen Titans Go kind of style thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I wouldn't even let my kids read it, and I don't even have kids. Um, so what do you think of the issue, and what do you think of the setup? I think it's a good issue. Setups. Setups Plural. good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the next year's Spider-Man until issue fifty. 
Anything you want to add? Like besides that, it's just like, hey, it's a good Spider-Man issue. Yeah, no, no, it's a good issue. It's enjoyable. I didn't like that it was eight dollars, but it was enjoyable, and I'm curious to see where Spencer Run goes, and I'm pretty ready for the centipede guy for in uh in JJ Abrams Spider-Man story. So yeah, let's do it. Cool. And that's it for the comics, I guess. Because we're yes, over an that hour is in. It for the comics. Yeah. Uh, good week of comics. Big week of comics. Yeah, like, there's still a lot like more, 30, too. That we didn't it was like cover. $32 this week, but uh, yeah. It was a fun week of comics, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed it for the most part. Do you I still, want, still, still want to do the character it. of the week? or? Yeah, we can do it quick. Um, our character of the week is Mysterio, uh, because we're riding off the hype train of Spider-Man Far From Home, and he appeared in this issue, and he will be directing a movie soon. Um, nice. <laughs> um so Mysterio is a Spider-Man villain who's been around since like, I think the 13th issue of Stanley's run. So pretty early on. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's a pretty cool guy. So we'll talk about how we got introduced to yeah. him, what we like about <laughs> him and where we see him going. Sorry. I wanted to give like a little background on him. Um, so how I got introduced to him. See, I didn't watch any of the animated shows as a kid, as I mentioned last week, like Spider-Man shows. So my introduction to him was the Spider-Man two video game. Um, yeah, <laughs> Or GameCube, if you were a GameCube guy. I was a PS2 guy. That was um, GameCube. And he had like a really cool scene in the PS2, which was like kind of trippy at the time, even though it was PS2 graphics. But I was like interested in him from, from there. And then every other video game in Spider Man where they reference them, like they make the fishbowl jokes and it's pretty hilarious. I think they always make the fishbowl joke. I'm trying to think of it's like Shattered Dimensions or one of them, like they have like a really good monologue between Spider Man and uh, Mysterio. But, uh, yeah, he's a really cool character. I like the premise of him, and I like the um, illusions that he can make. And um, yeah, no, I just think he's interesting, and I like that he's showing up in Spider-Man media now. Like, if the main benefit of him being in the MCU movie is that they're gonna have to feature him in comics more, I think that's cool. And uh, I've heard he's in the Symbiote Spider-Man book, which I plan to buy in trade. Uh, Peter David's writing that one. Is that I've like heard it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's still coming out now. Oh, okay. It's like Symbiote Spider-Man. It's like a six-issue mini focusing on when he had the Symbiote suit. Oh, like okay. Um, I, I didn't even know about written this. By Peter, it's written by Peter David, who wrote Craven's Last Hunt, and it's drawn by Greg Land, who is one of the best Nightwing artists ever. So I'm really interested for this trade. Uh, I'm going to buy that when it comes out. But I heard Mysterio's in it, and I heard he's good in it. So, yeah, I'm curious to see uh, read that. Uh, I'm curious to see where his story goes with Mary Jane. I'm interested to see where it goes. And, uh, yeah, um, that's where I see him going and what I like about him. He's cool. Yeah. He's cool. Um, I was introduced to Mysterio from probably the animated series, the 90s series. I remember him appearing a few times, and I remember all the fishbowl jokes. But I also remember him from Spider-Man 2. I was a GameCube guy. I had Spider-Man 2, and I actually recently replayed it just before Spider-Man PS4 came out. So a little over a year ago. And yeah, oh, really? His, I didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I just re oh, I didn't beat it because it's a long game, but I definitely beat all the Mysterio parts. And his it's really crazy. You have to basically uh, web sling through drones to get to Lady Liberty and fight him on Lady Liberty. <laughs> but uh, Mysterio, I like him as like a special effect guy. He was like. He wasn't necessarily a failed actor or anything like that, like in some portrayals, and he wasn't necessarily like just a scientist, like in some portrayals, like in Far From Home. He's more what I know him as is he worked for special effects in movies, and that's it. He just became a villain, and because he knew all this stuff, he's like, "Wow, I can rob banks with this stuff. Cool!" 
Masir is a cool character. He's like a magical character that's not magical, which you don't see a lot of, which kind of makes him more unique. Uh, you're trying to think of more things that I was introduced to him, but that's about it. Besides that, I haven't read like a major Mysterio story before. Um, but if you have any recommendations, DM me at Comic Book Hunter on Instagram because I would love to read some Mysterio books. I guarantee for the future Mysterio, he will return in the MCU. But I also guarantee he will be in the sequel to Spider-Man PS4. There was a reference to him in Spider-Man PS4 where the Halloween scene where people are dressing up as villains. There's a guy that dresses up as a Mysterio. And he kind of like, yeah. he has the fishbowl head on. Like a classic Mysterio. With like the stripes and the green and just the fishbowl. And it's kind of like a plain design. But that's definitely going to like be a real thing in PS4. I like Mysterio as a character. I'm glad he was the villain of Far From Home because it made him really unique. And bada boom, bada bing. That's yeah. That's all, folks. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I like it. Um, uh, yeah, it was a good comic episode. I like the way it came out, and I hope you like the way it came out, including my phone ringing during the episode. That was the best um, part. <laughs> <laughs> it's the highlight. Um, I will mark the timestamps. But if you're already listening, you're at the end of it, so you don't need the timestamps anyway. Um, if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate a five star review. If you're listening on anywhere else, we appreciate a follow slash subscribe. It really does help. Um, for a hero story, I'm JD. I'm Hunter, and thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. <laughs>